Welcome to Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias. My guest today is Julia Herson. Welcome, Julia. Thank you. Um, I brought you in because we had a conversation, I guess it was earlier in the year sometime, and we were talking about uh, you living in the Bay Area, and the, the subject of the Chicago 7 trial somehow came up, and turns out you were you were there. I was there. I was there. That's amazing. Um, well, that will let people a little bit know a little bit of what it was about. Um, the trial actually happened in '69 um, on this day, where it's September really? 24th. Yeah, um, but you got it for context. We have to go back to 1968, which was a very tumultuous year. I was I'm a little younger than you, but you uh, um, you were at San Francisco State and a crazy year, obviously with. Um, MLK's assassination, Robert Kennedy, the war raging. Um, just tell me a little bit of context. Where, where were you at uh, in the summer of 68? The summer of 68? I don't... I think we were working on trials by then. For At San Francisco State College, we had, uh, we had a big protest, and along with most all other schools all across the nation. But we had a big one, and ours was not only anti-war, it was also involved in uh, diversification. The Black Panther, not the Black, the Black Student Union was very big, the, uh, uh, what's it called? No, I can't think of it. Third World Liberation Front was really active. SDS was active. And we had, we had a huge, it was a, a big year, 68, I think it was in 68 that we did it. And we had a, a massive arrest going on. So there was... And that was at San Francisco State? It was at San Francisco State. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, were, we had police on campus. We had a lot of be- uh, brutality. We had people in the hospital. We had people losing spleens. And mm. I mean, it was a, it was a big deal. Yeah, it was police, a big deal. The police um, hadn't learned much about how to handle protests then. And uh, they, they were rough. They yeah. were really rough. So, um, so the ones at, at San Francisco State were not necessarily about the war. They were uh, about what was going on in the culture. Everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was culture, but there was, I mean, the war was underlying everything. You could mm-hmm. never avoid being the Vietnam War because all the guys were 2S. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they were all in school. And what was going to happen when they got out of school and this war was very unpopular and it was, it was a stupid, well... You know, it, it was a war that people weren't for, mostly, in the, especially those, the males in college. So how could, it, how could it not be part of everything? And that's one reason why Johnson decided not to run. It's like he knew his policies were, were sort of <laughs> failing, and he let it, let it open. And, and then Robert Kennedy it looked like he was going to the nomination. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was California was the big primary. He had just won when mm-hmm. he got uh, shot. Were you in California at that time? In, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, so that threw the political scene wide open, and this convention happened. You had Eugene McCarthy and, and Hubert Humphrey going at it, kind of, and uh, all these people showed up in Chicago. It was, and it was on the news. That was it was the big totally thing. on the news. I sat and watched it on TV, mm-hmm. freaking out. I was really, it was really scary. It was really scary to watch those guys. I mean, it was just kids protesting the war, and they came out blockbusters against them really oh, it was awful to watch and apparently they, they applied for all the permits and and mayor Daly just said no 
Yeah, married. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and the police, like yeah. you say, were were just. It just, was horrible. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it, it was really scary for me mm-hmm. watching it. One of the leaders of this movement for, um, that that organized the protesters was Abby Hoffman. I was just looking at some right. video of him. He was quite the theatrical guy, and and he just it wasn't necessarily about political thing. He just he was a more cultural revolutionary, and he wanted. He wanted them to be on TV. He wanted the people to come down to the park and Jerry see. Rubin too. Yeah, the two of them. Yeah, they were really. It was interesting because the ones that got arrested, the leaders were really different. I mean, they were the yippies, and that was really uh, very much, much more into. I mean, they were anti-war. I mean, their their politics were similar, but they were more, like you said, cultural. Yeah. They were into, you know, marijuana and, and LSD and all that stuff while, you know, Rennie Davis and Tom Hayden and those two in particular were really big leaders on the other side, which were much more, um, much more political, really much more political. So it was really, it was an interesting mix of the, and then it seemed like it cut like Dave Dellinger and, and Freud sort of got caught up in it mm-hmm. is how I saw it. So tell me, let's take it back to you. I mean, would you consider yourself counterculture at the time? No, I was much more political. Uh-huh. I mean, I was counterculture. Of, how could you? How could you uh, not be? You know, in those days. Well, but not everybody I was. was. My uh, my major energy was it was very uh, political, mm. very political. And the issues for you at that time, well, the war, obviously, but um, the war and and you know everything that was going on at state. You know, it's just being, being, everybody being this. Why, why was the cultural diversity frowned on? You know, it's the same thing today. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same issues. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it just it was just you know it's like the story of the Black Panthers. You know how to how to get the NRA to to uh, stop selling guns, mm-hmm. have the Black Panthers apply for them. I mean, you know, that's what was going on in those days. And you know, anyway, sorry, and the same- I dig. I digress. <laughs> but the same issues of women's movement, of uh, right. inequality, justice inequality. Right. Um, right. Unfortunately, 50 years down the line, we're... Same, we're, same. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, the protests, tell me how you got involved uh, in, um, what was it, helping some of the protesters uh, who got arrested? In San Francisco State, we had over 500 people got arrested, and... One, we had one mass rally where 325 people got arrested, all on the same charges. And so they put them on trial, right? 325 people. So what they would do is they divided them into groups of 10, and then, and then, we, and then they'd have like simultaneous courts going on in San Francisco in the court. So you'd have four or five different trials going on at the same time. Do you remember what they were charged with? Oh, disturbing the peace. Yeah. Uh, yeah, misdemeanors, three misdemeanors. I see. And so what, what I got involved in, we had a legal defense fund, mm. the San Francisco State. And so there was a couple things I was really involved in. One was getting lawyers to volunteer. And the other was going from trial to trial and trying to find out what was being presented by the the prosecution Mm -hmm. and how the judges were reacting so that we could take that information and give it to the lawyers that we were recruiting so they wouldn't be so blindsided. So it was a a huge amount of coordination, more than anything. And so I was 
I was an organizer, I guess. An organizer, but you got a little education about the legal system. Oh, my gosh. The legal system, yes. That's when I decided not to become a lawyer. And why was that? Well, the legal system is set up on with with minutia. Mm -hmm. It's not on what's right and wrong. Mm. It's all based on this legal stuff that they've written down. <laughs> well, I you know, I don't know how to des- I don't know yeah. how to describe it, but it's not um it's not based on what's right and wrong. Yeah. It's really not. And so it was a big um it was really a revelation and really disappointing. <laughs> Yeah. When, I, when I learned all that. I was pretty young. You have to re- remember, I was pretty young. Um, so the trials you're talking about, uh, give me a context about when those happened, do you think? Well, they were arrested January 23rd of, of 60, must have been, ugh, must have been 68. Hmm. So they were going on all through 69. Hmm. So, and that's when the trial of uh, the Chicago 7 were, went on trial while we were, we were almost done with our trials when they, when they went on trial. So that's how I became known right. or whatever. Because well, that was, we'll get, we're going to, yeah. in this, we're going to, second segment, I want to talk a lot about the trial if we okay. can. But, okay. Uh, so that, which actually is uh, 69, uh, this day in 69 is when the Chicago trial happened, uh, September 24th. Oh, so uh, maybe I was, maybe I'm a year off. I can't even remember. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Other than uh, just to know that you were getting an education uh, in the law and, and, who brought you in? You were you were talking about dating some people that were a guy who was involved in the oh, movement. Oh well, that was yeah. I, <laughs> my boyfriend at the time was the leader of the uh, Third World Liberation Front, so I was really in the middle of the protests going on. Third World Liberation. Third what, World what, Liberation. What was their Front. purpose? Third World. I mean, well, the you know he was from his family was from El Salvador. There was a lot of people from you know Latin America and Mexico, hmm. uh, Hispanics, yeah, and Latinos. It had to be very different, and um, they were discriminated getting into college. You know, it's the same. It's the exact same thing. Wow. You know, this one wasn't about immigration. This was more about opportunity mm-hmm. and getting into the and affording the university. Same as the Black Student Union. Mm-hmm. It was just you know. They worked very closely together. San Francisco State is a pretty small school compared to Berkeley. I mean, I we think of all these Berkeley uh, protests right. like People's Park right. and, and that were right. that were large, uh, but um, you probably drew people not just university kids. Are we they... were, we might have. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kept. I I don't know. I I there was a lot going on in Berkeley at the there was a lot going on in the in the country. Yeah. When we were going through our thing at San Francisco State, I mean, it was nationwide. Right, um, but the protests where all the where the people got arrested were on campus. All on campus, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and how did those trials go? Well, we had some convictions, and we had some uh, innocent. We had some people go to jail for two and three months, only two or three months. But uh-huh. they went. I mean, these are college students. These are like. Oh, it was, it was, it was pretty intense. It changed some people's lives for sure. Mm-hmm. I have a girlfriend who went, ended up going to co- going to jail for three months, and it was, you know, it's devastating. So you talked about some of the similarities of what's going on today. What was different? 
what what was different back then do you think than than what's happening today well it was a youth movement Mm. strong youth movement it was it was going across all the college campuses Mm -hmm. what's going on today is not i mean there's youth they're they're trying to pull in the youth and there's youth all involved but i mean mainly because of the killings like in parkland and Mm -hmm. but back then it was all it was 90 percent of us were young students you know that was really a big difference and like you mentioned before, the draft was one reason. Well, because reason. of the, yeah, it was, well, the draft was the major reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Vietnam War, people were, you know, they were sending people over there to die for a reason that no one knew what it was for. Mm-hmm. Um, college was a little more affordable back then, too, wasn't it? Or, I mean, yeah. people did call, get college deferments, some. There was, and there was also, mm-hmm. there was uh, college, you could get, you could get uh, loans, really, inexpensively nothing like today mm-hmm. but everything was less expensive in those days so you can't it's hard to compare it's yeah. hard to compare um well uh we're almost done with this segment but we're uh, well, we'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about how you got um a chance to be in the courtroom for the chicago 7 trial and just a little bit of your reflections on that so my guest is julia herson my name's rob tobias thanks for listening this is train of thought have comments or suggestions for train of thought send an email to rob at robtobias.com welcome back to train of thought this is rob tobias my guest is my friend julia herson who i've known for a few years and (laughs) she happened to be in the Bay Area and then got recruited somehow to be at the Chicago 7 trial. Uh, give us a little backstory. I know you were, so you're working on these cases, um, people that were arrested in San, at San Francisco State and the trials were going on probably 1969. Right. Uh, and, and I think that we, there was a couple of us that were invited, Sharon Gold, she was the other person. Anyway, we were invited to go to Chicago and participate in the trials and try and help to see if we could contribute anything towards their, I guess their legal defense through our, our, our exposure because we were the most, we were actually very visible. I mean, San Francisco State was pretty big and our trials were huge. Um, so I guess that's why, I mean, that's why we were invited back. So for people who don't, don't know the Chicago 7 trial came out of arrests made um, from the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. Uh, There were eight people put up on trial uh, including Jerry Rubin and Abby Hoffman and Bobby Seale who was a black man. um, who Black Panther. Black Panther yes. Um, I was just reading about him. Uh, his main, he wanted a, his trial postponed because his lawyer apparently needed surgery, gallbladder surgery, and I mean, which is a pretty good reason. And the judge said no. And um, Bobby Seale, being who he was, wasn't having none of it. Actually, all the Chicago Seven were were 
pretty good at theatrics. Right. right. <laughs> and they did not hold back right. in the courtroom. Right. Uh, but Bobby Seale... He was uh, bound and gagged at the yeah. trial. And then they finally took him out on contempt. I know. It was uh, pretty ugly. Graham Nash sang about it. You're my brother's bound and cha- chained to a chair. Yeah. Uh, you weren't. Were you? Were you in the room at all when, when no. Bobby Seale was? No, he had already been uh, cut loose, as it were, when I came into the picture. Um, the judge was named Hoffman, and as was one of the defendants. That was kind of a curious thing about the trial. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, that's the context for it. Is is uh, these people um, helped organize? Were part of the organization for the protests at the Democratic National Convention. Uh, then they were, I think there was a, a grand jury that uh, following that, and but they weren't put on trial until almost a year, about a year later. Right. Um, so how, how did you happen to be there? Well, I got invited, and along with an, this other woman, because we were both very involved in our legal defense committee back in San Francisco State, and we went and we were put up, I was put up in the same, there was a big apartment in Chicago where most of the defendants were living, along with, I think, one of the lawyers. I think, I think, uh, Weinstein, Wein, what's his name, uh, Gary, um, anyway, mm-hmm. he was there, he stayed there too, and I know it was, I know Abby, not Abby, Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin did not stay in that hotel, in that apartment. Lenny Wineglass. Lenny Wineglass, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Anyway, uh, Tom Hayden and and Rennie Davis and Freunds and and I think Dave Dellinger stayed there too. Mm -hmm. And um, we stayed there. They put us up there with them. The other ones on trial, Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, and Lee Weiner. I don't remember him. Okay. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember him at all. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, it was really interesting because the people who stood out were mostly, of course, Bobby Seale, but he was gone. Was Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin, and then it was Tom, Tom Hayden and Rennie Davis were the major uh, leaders of the um, most, you know, of the I guess the white side, the not the Black Panthers, SDS, or what? I don't know what organization they were in, mm-hmm. but. Anyway, the trial was locked down, and you couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. And so um, they wanted me to come because they wanted to see if I had any input. I'm serious. It was so crazy. And so they got me, and I had black hair, and so did Tom Hayden. Oh, Tom Hayden. Tom Hayden. And so I was his little sister. Wow. I mean, it was, yeah, that's how I got and in the And nobody checked your credentials no. or anything like well, that? Well, I don't know if they gave me some kind of piece of paper. They must have. Because we had to go through, I mean, you know, you had to go through the whole security thing. But So the fact that you had this experience analyzing uh, some of the legal cases in these other protests, they thought, let her come and, and to have a look at what's going on here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was really sort of crazy, but... Well, there's a few things that are sort of famous. I don't know if you were there for them. Well, one was that Hoffman and Rubin apparently came to court with robes on. Yeah, no, I wasn't there yet then. Okay. They, they came in with judicial robes, and the, of course the judge said, take those robes off, and they took them off, and underneath they had police uniforms. So they, were, uh, got, they were held in contempt like something like 169 times Everybody or was, I think. Yeah. 
Um, it was a circus. There's another quote that I saw online. Uh, Hoffman, Judge Hoffman said, Abby Hoffman's no relation. He's not my son. And Abby cried out, Dad, Dad, have you forsaken me? You know, it's just... <laughs> it's, <laughs> they, yeah. yeah. And things like, you would have served Hitler better. You know, Hoffman was quite a character. He was quite a character. Why wasn't he bound and gagged, I wonder? He was white. There you go. That's, a, that's, that's the answer. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, what other impressions, what, what was it like inside the courtroom? Well, you know, my memory of it is really vague. I mean, I remember more the apartment. I remember more getting a kick out of being Tom Hayden's little sister. That <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I don't know why that amused me so much. But um, in the courtroom, it was just sort of you just, it was overwhelming. It was so un judicial mm. it was against everything you'd i'd believed in you know i mean hoffman the 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 judge was just horrible i yeah. mean to me you know that's me and i was very political at the time and he was very unfair and he was very it was very prejudiced and it was just it was very ugly and it, one yeah. of the one of the reasons it, they got convicted, but that it ended up getting overturned. And one of the reasons was the jury selection. Apparently, yeah. they didn't screen them for any you know any cultural bias or any, any right? anything yeah. racial cultural bias. Uh, any? Do you have any memories of the jury at all? No. Hmm. None. Yeah. No. Um, but what about Hoffman himself? So you, he just you were saying some of his stuff was just inappropriate. Well, he that? was. What I remember. It's memories, right? Mm -hmm, it's right. not. It's a long time ago. It was a long. Well, he also didn't stay at the apartment. He had his. Well, he was I'm talking about well both Hoffman, but uh, but I'm talking. Oh, about you the mean ju Judge the Hoffman? Judge Hoffman. Oh, Judge Hoffman. He was just. He just was a major turnoff. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. He was just everything. He seemed like everything he did was inflammatory, mm. and anti the defendants. He, right. he had no, there was no empathy, there was no understanding, there was no, no legal, you know, he just, he was abusing, he was really abusive. Yeah. That was my memory. Uh, and he didn't stay at our apartment either. Uh, you know, the cultural divide was, was large back then, and as they say these days, um, not as many people were woke. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you were if you were of the 1940s, 50s mindset, these long-haired hippies were a real affront, right? And and they weren't. There was no softening of that opinion. You know, there was nothing right. like, oh, they're just, you know they're part. They have a good reason to protest. They have a good you know no, they have a good right. reason to question. You're right. If you were, it was the, the lines along those those lines were were pretty sharp. They were. Uh -huh. They were. Um, yeah. So, the judge was not too um, not too fond of these people. They were really the enemy to him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, how many days were you in there? Did you just one or two? Or I was there about five days. Oh wow. Yeah. And did you report to anybody? Were you having any discussions with anybody outside? Or? We just talked. You know, we would just discuss what was going on in the trial during the day. And it was, you know, afterwards we would all just sit around and talk about it. And it was more of, um, I really didn't have much input because it was, it wasn't, 
you know, I was used to trying to get lawyers and doing stuff. I mean, so I, I, I don't know what I contributed, if anything. It was and just fun. They were convicted at the time. They were convicted. Do you remember the feeling uh, when that conviction came down? Well, we expected it. I mean, that was totally expected. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, it was such a farce. I mean, it was a, it was, it was a farce. The whole thing was a joke, mm-hmm. a bad joke. But it was clearly, you know, a lot of stuff hasn't changed, you know. Um. And back to the Bobby Seale thing, going from the Chicago 8 to 7, uh, how did that influence what went down? Or did, was there much discussion about that among the defendants? Or the, or yeah, the- they were really angry. They were really angry and really bitter. And I think that right after, I, if I'm not mistaken, which I might be, but I know that right afterwards, I know, that's, I know Abby and, and Jerry started really acting up. Everybody got, it was, I got there after all that had gone down. It had calmed down quite a bit by the time I got there, but it was, it was a sore point. People were furious, they were furious about it. He was really treated poorly. Mm-hmm. He was treated like an animal, not, I mean, it was pretty bad. Were there, um, who else was in the courtroom? I, there were some reports of like celebrities being there, like Norman Mailer, Allen Ginsberg, or Judy Collins, or Arla Guthrie. Do you remember seeing anybody? Uh, that, no, the that, only the only celebrity that I remember was this uh, cartoonist called Jules Pfeiffer, hmm. and he was a he was a he was nationwide uh, in newspapers, and he did these political cartoons, and he was the only one. And Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner was there. Hugh Hefner, yeah, wow. yeah. So yeah, obviously there were no cameras. No one was taking pictures. I, I think people just did draw. It was, I think they did. Yeah, I think that's all it was. It was really restricted. Uh huh. It was really restricted. Right. Um. And we're almost to the end, but um, just if you could reflect a little bit more of what that that time and and how it relates to what's going on today at all. Oh. I mean. Both sides have learned a lot about how to protest and how to deal with protests. Um, and the legal system is still a bit of a mess, wouldn't you say? I think that the, uh, it's just, I think the difference is that I think we talked about is that in those days it was 90% of us, or it's, that's a guess, were college students and, and the war was overpowering. And today it's, it's much more... Um, diverse uh, for people to be protesting, diverse age-wise protesting, mm-hmm. I think. Because, I mean, I don't remember anybody being in their 50s, 60s, or 70s protesting the war, or very few people. There were some, of course there were some, but it was very small. And that's a large population right now going against what's happening in our society. And I don't think that, and I think today the issue has to do with authoritarianism and the government and how the government is run. And back then it was much more, it really was about the war and about diversity. And I mean, there's still diversity issues, major diversity issues now, but it was, the diversity issues were uh, a little bit different. Well, I mean, they're all the same, right? right. It's all the same, but. Well, here's hoping that young people do get involved. I think on the climate issue and some of the other issues, we're seeing some interest uh, and voting 
and protesting Hoping and all that. Voting. The yeah. Me Too movement is bringing in some young people too. Mm-hmm. And the gun. Yeah. Campus, yeah. you know, students on campus. Well, we're so. out of time, but uh, Julia, thank you. I'm glad you <laughs> came in for this interview. I appreciate it. Thank you. Guest has been Julia Herson. My name's Rob Tobias. This is Train of Thought. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.